All right, everybody. Welcome to another Final Friday podcast episode presented by the Hunt Back Country Podcast. I'm your host, Jake. Joined with me today is Mark. Mark, how you doing? Good. Where's Steve? Steve is on vacation in Ireland. I actually did want him on the podcast today, but uh, or I wanted him on the next episode. But we'll get him on, an, on another of one. Me, by the way, that's what I was told. <laughs> yeah, he was wanting to do one just him and I, but uh, he got replaced today. <laughs> well, you guys definitely need to do it. Yes, we will. Um, for those who don't know what the Final Friday podcast is, just basically a series hosted by me, very similar to the Monday Minute, only a little bit cooler, informal, um, talking about gear uh, and, and really fun stuff. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we apologize for, I apologize for uh, the podcast being so late. We did one back early March and we were actually shooting to do another one at the end of March but that got carried away by the, lo and behold, the K4 launch, which was successful. Wouldn't you say, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, not ideal timing to go, yeah, let's have this new podcast series at the final Friday of every month and not realizing that K4 launched just a couple of days before what was supposed to be the March episode. So yeah, this is definitely very busy and just had bigger priorities. Absolutely. Yeah. We wanted to, um, we wanted to shoot one. Like it was, we launched on like the 28th and then the 30th was actually like my birthday. So we were going to try and do something then. And I remember talking with Steve about maybe recording a podcast in the morning and it was going to happen. And then I remember talking with Steve later on, just talking about how busy we were. And he's like, yeah, let's, let's just push that aside. We'll do that. We got bigger priorities, like you said. And um, so there was a lot, there's a couple of people who emailed or, or texted or DM'd the XO Instagram saying, where's Jakey's final Friday. And so I had to get, get back to a lot of people just saying, you know, we got busy, a lot of, uh, a lot of K4 orders to fulfill, but we've, uh, we've cut that down now. We're, uh, we're doing great. We've are no longer on that long, longer lead time than what we said on the website. And uh, yeah, we're finally, finally breathing again. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's been, it's been good. It's, <laughs> You know, Steve and I have said it uh, to each other and I think publicly on the podcast or other places, but man, it's exciting to have worked on K4 for so long and us be excited about it. But then, you know, it's, it's really all about people and their experience with the pack. And so it's, it's fun to already see guys getting the pack and whether they're just like doing training hikes with weight or getting in the field, obviously we've got guys shed hunting, turkey hunting, bear hunting this time of year. Um, but really the feedback has been great, which is, you know, uh, again, when you work on something hard and like, you're excited about it and you like it, you still have to wait and be like, okay, well, is everybody else going to love this thing as much as we do? Right. Uh, and that's been the case, which is fun. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. I love, you know, taking all the support calls lately and, um, just been hearing about how people are so far loving them and, uh, it's been, it's been great. So we're all happy and, uh, here we are recording the second episode now that we have some time to do so uh really just briefly want to catch up um what have you been up to lately mark i haven't uh, i haven't talked to you in a little bit or maybe i have what's yeah. uh just uh, i just got done visiting for a few days what was it four or five days is that right yeah. five days yeah five days. No, no i'm in recovery mode from yeah having you no <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was a fun trip yeah i went out there uh went out to his neck of the woods in missouri um, left Thursday evening, had a, had quite the, um, travel, uh, what would you call it? Um, I had, I had some issues with TSA. Let's, I, I got a panicked call from Jakey at the airport. Oh, yeah. It was a weird one. I think rightly so though. I mean, when I, uh, 
when I checked in at TSA, just at the Boise TSA airport or yeah, at the Boise TSA, they, um, they just scan your ID and all of a sudden a TSA agent, you know, kind of gives me a weird look and looks at me saying, Nope, you, you can't go through. And lo and behold, when they scanned it, it was coming up as Jacob Jesus Hernandez, uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and, um, uh, born, born same birthday. Uh, was anyways, the same year too. So yeah, yeah. March 30th, exactly 2000. And yeah, immediately I, I, I didn't hold my emotions that well, like just immediately beat red face, like wondering, Holy smokes, is there identity theft going on or what's, what, what's happening? And yeah, they wouldn't let me go through said, I need to go to Delta. So anyways, it was just a back and forth deal of Delta working with me and then me going back and escorted to the very front, having like four or five TSA agents. I think it was like three or four TSA agents, like all looking at that, like saying, wow, we've never seen this before. I'm like, well, we should probably get this figured out. Um, So after like the third time they scanned it again, I don't know what happened, what they did, but all of a sudden it just came up right. Like, oh, yep, you're good to go. I was like, wow, that's reassuring. Um, so weird. It was very weird. And I remember uh, calling you and my dad, like, I, I have no idea what's going on. Um, anyways, I'm glad we got that figured out, but yeah, I got there late Thursday and then all the festi- festivities happened um, the rest of the time. It was, it was a good time. We turkey hunted. Fortunately, we didn't get anything. Got up super early. Actually, I think I set a record for earliest I've ever gotten up before, <laughs> which is 345. Um, and I did good. I, uh, I was ready. Um, it was that, uh, it was that caramel macchiato. That's what yeah, it was. The, yeah. The caramel macchiato and the coffee are at the uh, gas station. It was good stuff, man. It, it definitely gave Starbucks or, or wherever a, a run for its money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good time just hanging out with your family. And, uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks again for having me out there. It was, we did so much. It was trip went by quick. I yeah. bummed. It was fun. It was fun to get out and hunt, but, uh, you and I, talked about this but i mean hunting was kind of the excuse to get together and hang out my family loves hanging out with you my kids love hanging out with you and uh we did a lot of just a lot of fun outside of hunting we certainly could have hunted harder if our only goal was to fill some tags but we got out and got after it a bit and then we'd get back after a morning hunt and do a bunch of fun stuff with my family and yeah it was great having you man yeah thank you yeah definitely looking forward to it we already uh we already plan next year's trip i'm going out to like illinois for a wedding and your kid was like, Oh, you're, you're coming out there. You're coming out here. So we're making it happen uh, next year to, to do some other stuff, catch a, catch a Cardinals game and do some other fun stuff. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. And yeah, thanks again to you and your whole family for having me out. Uh, what else? So yeah, basically about this podcast, I want to kind of cover some of the things that we've been up to. And then I've got a couple of questions to go over or, or some questions that some folks asked me, and then we'll wrap it up. It'll just be a quick, quick podcast. Uh, another thing that uh, I actually got done doing earlier this month, I think, was the uh, Brush for Bucks project uh, through Hush, which was actually a super cool deal. Basically, um, I think it was started or originated by First Light, where um, just the First Light crew went out at the end of the day and um, teamed up with Idaho Fishing Game and planted sage and bitter brush seedlings um, in recovery areas, uh, wintering areas for, for mule deer. And just really bring that habitat back to life. Um, so it was a really cool thing to be a part of. I, when I got done, it was over the weekend. Uh, I think it was like April 15th or 14th. I forget what day it was, but it was on a Saturday. I remember getting back and talking to Steve about it. And he and I both just talking about how cool it is to, you know, give back and, and do some fun stuff or, you know, do stuff like that. So anyways, overall, that, that was, that was fun. And I'm definitely looking forward to 
to that next year. And I'll, I'll include a video link in the description actually to, because Hushin just actually released the video. Super cool. They, they sold like 200 tickets, I think, or, or somewhere just around there. And people from Idaho, because that's where it was based in. We, we, we just planted some seedlings kind of right around Mountain Home, which is an hour east of Boise. But people from Oregon, Idaho, Colorado, and I forget, there were some other states that, that people flew from, all came out to you know be a part. And it was a really uh, well put together event. Uh, Camp Chef was there. They were cooking burgers for everybody. Um, and I think the total number of seedlings that were planted were like uh, 30. Uh, Brian, had, Brian sent me the... Um, the stats. I think it was just under thirty thousand seedlings. And you know, yeah. Let me see here. I didn't realize that people, yeah, kind of traveled from out of state and came. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So over one hundred and twenty people volunteered their time. Um, and then, yeah. So it was in Unit Thirty Nine, and so the area that was hit, it was basically an aggressive fire that happened back in twenty thirteen. Um, and so we planted, yeah, thirty thousand one hundred sagebrush and bitterbrush seedlings. Uh, and then they were able to raise just shy of $19,000 to continue to support more projects like this in the future. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it's a really cool, really cool deal. Um, I was, I was able to be a part. We actually donated a pack too for the raffle as well. And so a lot of cool raffles, a lot, just, it was a really great event and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to next year. And maybe even we could get you to come out next year, Mark. Yeah. Be let's fun. Do it. Um, let's see here. Really? I think anything else, what have you been up to other than having me out, you know, any other things before or after me? <laughs> no, man, it's uh, just, yeah, it's, I've mentioned before, just excited about the transition to spring here. Obviously the K4 launch took up a bunch of my time, but with better weather and more daylight, just getting, uh, getting out to shoot a little bit more, got spring bear coming up and uh, really just training, you know, working towards the summer and, fall is going to be here in a blink of an eye. It always is for us since summer's the busiest time of the year. So yeah, man, just looking forward to it. Yeah. Same here. Um, well, yeah, I guess it's time to jump into a couple questions. I've got, I got a few questions. I just wanted to say one thing I, I did forget is thank you so much for all of the positive feedback that I received uh, for the final Friday podcast. Um, Mark sent me all of the emails that went to podcast at Exo Mountain Gear and, and, the speak pipe and the DMS. And it was just, it was an overwhelming amount. Um, I think, I think we were both caught by surprise with how many people actually responded um, or, or, or sent an email just saying how they wanted me to do it again. And anyways, I just wanted to say thank you so much to everybody. I tried to get back to every single person I could uh, for sending questions and, and feedback and constructive criticism. Cause I know that you know, doing your own podcast or, or I will, I will say after doing a few episodes, it gets a little nerve wracking and over time, it'll uh, really get better. But again, thank you so much for listening to it. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to do this at the end of every month. I think it's a solidified thing. Maybe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think, I mean, it is for me. I mean, yeah, okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, but what, since you were talking about like in the future, cause I know that I think you and Steve talked about like future plans and you've even just personally been thinking about like what, what the pod, like what this segment may look like in the future. And that's not just, you know, what it was last time or it is this time, but just ideas that you have, what is uh, kind of on the radar for you? Yeah. So Steve actually came up with a cool idea of like interviewing some people. So as uh, basically interviewing some close friends who are successful hunters and talk about how their success, uh, yeah, talk about their success and how they achieve it. 
Um, it'd basically be a really cool perspective coming from, you know, a, a guy like me, 23 years old, you know, I have a few couple, you know, a few animals under my belt. Um, but definitely compared to like, uh, a Russ Meyer or a Cody Kellum, you know, there's so much, there's so much out there that I can actually learn. And it'd be great for me interviewing guys like them. Um, you know, just talking about gear and plans and tactics, ultimately tactics, uh, and really pick, you know, pick those, um, you know, people I have on, on the podcast, pick their brain, um, and basically be selfish and, and take that information for me. But I think it'll also be beneficial for, you know, folks who are in areas like I am, uh, where you're just wanting to continue to learn. So yeah, it's not just going to be behind the scenes stuff or, uh, yeah, definitely not like the first episode where I didn't really know what the goal was. We're just kind of chatting, but, uh, I think that's definitely a good, uh, a good segment to do is, is interview those guys and, and talk about things like that and ultimately prepare me for, you know, prepare me and others who are in the same boat for this upcoming season and, and future seasons. Um, and even talk to guys like Travis Smith or Tyler Boschma, you know, close friends, not just about hunting, but even training and, yeah. you know, shooting and, and just all that stuff. So definitely a, a really good uh, idea from Steve to, yeah, make this podcast uh, just add, give a little flavor to it. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm excited for that. But anyways, I've got a couple, I got a couple questions. So on the previous podcast kind of talked about, we talked about a lot of things. I was a little scattered, um, but some, a, a guy uh, actually, actually asked me a question about um, the rifle or my rifle. Cause I mentioned something about my rifle uh, and I forgot to, I'm not as prepared as you are, Mark. Um, let me see here. Did I grab his name? No, I didn't. Uh, I forgot to grab his name. So I apologize, but a question came in. Uh, I've recently bought the same rifle and I'm curious how you like it. What optics are you running? Also, do you run factory ammo or are you loading your own? Um, so for the folks who don't know, yeah, I, I shoot a 6.5 PRC 110 ultralight from Savage. Love the rifle. Um, it already has a proof barrel installed uh, for the price. I got this price. I got, I got the rifle as a gift from uh, Steve a few years back. Um, but for folks who are looking for like a, a budget rifle, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, but I think it's great. It's 1650 uh, is what it retails. They have a few other calibers, um, you know, like the Creedmoor 300 Wisdom, and now they actually just came out with the 7 PRC, which definitely uh, strikes my curiosity. Um, but I would say it's it's a good budget rifle for what it is, uh, with a proof barrel in it, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, it's impressive what uh, what you get for the price. Um, I've I've shot them just very briefly and handled them and. Um, yeah, obviously, like you said, proof barrel, it's already threaded. It's, it's got a lot going for it. Um, one thing that, you know, is a definitely a more budget component on it is the stock. That's something I was just kind of point out to people, but that's one thing that's great is it's, you know, if you want to get in and start with it, you may love the stock and it, it does have some, some pros to the current or sorry, the factory configuration of the stock. But that's one cool thing is it's super easy to change or upgrade that later, but you're starting with a solid action and a solid barrel. And those are the most important things to have a real, you know, shootable and consistent system. Yeah, absolutely. I grew up. Um, and so, yeah, I grew up in a family where trap shooting, uh, yeah, grand grandparents, uh, great grandpa shot a lot of trap. And my grandpa actually owned a gun shop in, uh, Southern California for 30 years. So he's been making guns and just handling guns his whole life. So it was my dad and then just passed down to me. So I know a lot about, 
you know, rifles and things like that. And I would say if you were to get nitpicky about my rifle, you know, for, you know, one of those guys who are just looking for a precision rifle, just beautiful, you know, the, the action is a little, it's not as smooth as, you know, others are, but it's a rifle. I'm all I need to do is shoot it. I'm not too nitpicky. Like my grandpa, for, for instance, he's, he's very nitpicky on, you know, this, the smoothness of, of the action. Um, that's just one thing that caught my eye or, or one thing I should mention is, is that, but overall, yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a great rifle. Um, so yeah, getting back to it the past three years, I was, I was using a hot spark munitions load, um, with the 143 grain ELDX and it, it shot fantastic, killed quite a few animals for me, uh, in the past. And I really like it a whole lot. Um, so now what I'm doing is I'm loading some ADG brass with either H1000 or stable HD. Uh, I'll try both and see which one uh, shows more accuracy and tighter velocity spreads. Um, yeah, me and my dad definitely like to, uh, or I would say I, I get this from my dad. He's, he's, he's notorious for it collecting some powder, uh, hoarding it. <laughs> I think we could all say where we do that quite a bit. I don't know um, what you're talking about. Personally. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely, <laughs> when I went over to your house, you definitely showed me your mad collection. <laughs> um, jumping back into it, uh, using federal 210 match primers, uh, and they'll be trying out the 140 grain elite hunter burger. Um, my dad and grandpa have actually had a lot of success with that bullet, uh, the past few years. So it struck my curiosity. Um, I, there's so many bullets out there. So different strokes for different folks. I'll definitely know what I want to switch back to. Uh, if the burgers don't do well for me since the ELDXs have just been so good. Um, and one thing, so for reloading, I'm actually, I just got a short actions customs neck bushing. Um, so slightly tapered tends to make the ammo straighter when you size your brass compared to like a regular bushing die. So, you know, just doesn't, I, I like a bushing die since it doesn't overwork the brass. Um, as much as a regular one would. Do you guys right. kneel at all? You and your dad? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, we do. We, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do a bunch of stuff this weekend, dude, uh, which I'll get to, you know, why I'm definitely excited for something else. Um, <laughs> let me hear it. And then, so for scope, I'm shooting a loophole VX three, I four and a half to 14 with Winplex. It's actually, I think, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I did just look, I think it is now discontinued. Um, I don't know if you know much about the loophole line or, or anything like that, or shot loophole recently, but um, it's crazy light. It's like 17 ounces so far it's tracked and returned to zero very well for me. Although it's not as like durable as a night force. And you know, I know how much I'd love to shoot or love to have the NXS two and a half to 10, just like that's what you have, right? Is the two and a half to 10 NXS. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I'd love that. Um, the Lewis loophole scope works great for me, you know, especially with, you know, being on like a quote unquote budget, I'll probably shoot this scope for another two seasons before I look, uh, looking to get into night force. Um, yeah, all in all, very pleased with it. I think I've shot out to maybe 700 yards quite a few times. And when we've gone out shooting and very impressed with the results. Um, so yeah, lastly, I know I mentioned it in the first podcast, which this is why the question kind of came about was most exciting thing is when I got back from the trip. So it was definitely a bummer leaving. Uh, but the thing to look forward to was my XLR chassis just showed up. So I just wanted to give a big thanks to Steve and yourself again for making that all possible. Um, so yeah, I know what I'll be doing this weekend is, is dropping that proof barrel 
and uh, action in. Um, let me see here. Yeah. I also have the PVA jet blast muzzle brake at the end of my barrel. So that's from a company, Patriot Valley arms. They're out of Pennsylvania. I screwed that on a while ago and popped some shots off and, and I noticed that it does not have a lot of concussion, you know, pointed at the shooter. It's a very shootable break. Um, I noticed how well it brought the recoil down and, and it made shooting that lightweight rifle, very enjoyable. So I'm very stoked with how everything is, and I'm looking forward to getting the chassis set up and yeah, just sighting in the new burgers. There's, there's a lot of exciting stuff, uh, that's, that's going on for me. Um, how about you? Like, you have any, are you, are you kind of just shooting what has been tried and true for you lately? Are you testing any new stuff yourself? Mark? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, Yes and no. So I'll still be shooting my seven psalm. I did go down to that 18 inch barrel. Um, so just kind of, I had a bunch of loads with that 22 inch barrel and drop into the 18, just kind of seeing um, what speeds are doing and things like that. Um, and then still, yeah, as you said, like with bullet choice, man, it's, uh, it's <laughs> I just feel like I'm constantly like, well, this versus that versus this. And it, it yeah. depends for me on, you know, what game I'm hunting, what anticipated shot distances are, et cetera. I mostly shot uh, 160 grain Acubons last year for like my goat and bear and things. Um, and they did great, but I'm just always tinkering just for the fun of it, you know? Um, yeah. But it's or certainly at some point I have to, uh, you know, stop tinkering and just focus more on the shooting, right? Practicing right. positionals and things like that, which is, always a bunch of fun so yeah from a shooting perspective that's it i'm actually gonna get out here pretty soon and kind of get to uh, a buddy's um property that we can really extend some range and, and do some distance stuff there so that's been fun and um yeah man just it, in terms of like preparing otherwise for hunting season for myself it's really just been on the back burner for my own personal hunts just because it's for me it's like you know, just planning, right? Like looking at the year ahead, looking at this fall and knowing some of the hunts that are on the calendar and um, figuring out the plans for some other things. So I haven't for, in my head, like fully transitioned from like, um, just, just knowing exactly what the rest of the year looks like hunting wise, and then really getting like diving deep into preparing for that. Like, I feel like I'm right in the midst of making that transition of, okay, I know exactly what, when, where I'm hunting, um, for this whole year ahead, now let me really look at some decisions for each of those hunts and like, you know, tweak gear, figure out if I need anything new, anything from last year that I want to upgrade or change or what have you. So um, that's always fun. But as I've said before, I also try to minimize changes and really just stick with what works. So really for me, it's just this big picture of looking back at last year, years previous sticking with what works and then just figuring out any kind of like minor tweaks or things I want to change for the year. For sure. Yeah. Tinkering is always fun. It can get dangerous too. Um, I know you and I have shared some conversations um, like about <laughs> my old man. Uh, I remember him saying like when I was getting the chassis, he was already talking about, and when you shoot your six, five barrel out, you can get a, you can screw a seven SOM on there. And I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Like, let me, let me load, let me shoot, you know, and, and he knows far more than what I will ever know about reloading and shooting and just, yeah, precision rifle shooting. Um, so it, everything it's, it's, it's very just 
ABCs for him. It, it, it just makes sense for him. For me, I like, I want to, I want to understand the process more. Um, and I don't want to get caught in the tinkering stage. I want to get the stuff and yeah, exactly. Practice, you know, uh, shooting and reloading, just all of that. Um, so that's where the stage I'm at. And then later on, maybe I can go back to the, uh, the tinkering stage. Um, anyways, so yeah, you kind of covered this. You kind of jumped ahead on me, Mark, um, in a way, but well, I got another question about hunting. So guy, uh, Greg church actually, um, sent me uh, an email asking cover your application strategies and hunt plans for the upcoming year. Then followed up with how they work out, what gear made the difference, what didn't work, etc. So I appreciate you sending that in. Um, yeah, so exciting stuff. That's always it's always exciting is application season and, and everything like that. So I've been actually applying for elk points uh, in both Utah and Arizona ever since I could. Um, actually, yeah, thanks to my thanks to my dad, he started putting me in since I was or started buying me points since I was seven or eight. Um, so we have quite a few points uh, chalked up for Arizona and uh, and Utah. Unfortunately, yeah, Arizona we credit card did not hit. I think I told you and Steve, I don't know, three years straight that this year's the year get ready for me to be gone for two weeks straight in September. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just jinxing myself, but, um, unfortunately, yeah, it didn't dry Arizona. So we'll just, uh, we'll keep applying. We're trying to, you know, I think, I think our plans for that is, um, you know, get a really good archery tag in Arizona. And then later on, you know, build up four or five points, then put in for like a, a mediocre tag, which is still a great tag in Arizona you know, compared to like Idaho or over the counter, um, actually did before I, uh, jumped on, you know, I saw the, when I saw the zoom link hit my email from you right before that, I don't know if you got this email, but hunt and fool sent out Utah's deadline is today. And I sent that to my dad. I sent a quick uh, picture of it. He goes, I know I'm still debating on what we need to do. <laughs> um, so there's a few things, you know, that changed with, uh, Utah specifically, it, a lot of stuff, uh, changed. And so we're, we're currently looking into that. And actually at the end of the day today, after I get off, we'll, uh, I'll go over to my folks house and probably spend about an hour talking, talking about possibilities for, for Utah, uh, and see what we want to apply for. Then, yeah, really, I, I, those are the only two out of state ones. Um, you know, I did hunt Alaska with you guys back two years ago, but for here in Idaho, I'll probably apply for sheep. Actually, I am going to apply for sheep. Um, when I was, when, when I was out there, we were actually looking through the hunt and fool magazine a, a little bit and looking through different units for sheep. And, um, there was, yeah, there's two that I was kind of debating on back and forth. And I think I just asked your daughter, uh, Hey, pick a number. And she, she picked one number. I'm like, sweet. That's the unit I'm applying for. So <laughs> you know what? That'd be awesome if I drew, um, if you uh, draw, then, I mean, we found a good luck charm. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm not banking on it. Fingers crossed, you know, draw odds here in Idaho for sheep hunts, definitely, um, slim to none, but I did draw a good, uh, rifle deer tag here in Idaho last year. So luck can happen. Um, other than that, rather than, uh, you know, aside from applications, you know, and just focusing on OTC stuff, I'll just focus primarily on elk and, you know, scout some new areas with, with my old man, a whole, whole lot this summer. That's definitely something that we're planning on doing. Um, and then, you know, Hunt, hunt my butt off in the fall. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, this fall, I'm actually going to take a break from college. So I'm 
I'm currently done with my associate's degree. You know, I got my certification through uh, Google for marketing and e-com. So next year in the spring, I'll go back and uh, continue and finish up my bachelor's degree. But I kind of ultimately made the decision like this fall, I wanted to just focus on hunting because I've always felt like, you know, I've been in school for a while now and it's just it's that it's terrible. It's not fun. It, it brings the enjoyment out of a hunt when, you know, you're, you're out on like a three or four day trip and you've got, you know, this deadline of a project or something like that. And you know, it's not fair for my dad. It's not fair for anyone who I'm hunting with where it's like, you know, I'm not giving it my all when, you know, you've got something behind, uh, you know, something back at home that you need to get done. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll take that off and, and really just focus on hunting hard this, this fall. And then last thing we'll probably you know, try something new and do some late season whitetail, uh, with an old friend of ours or a really good friend of ours. Um, yeah. And then I'll, I'll touch base on how everything turns out, you know, what, what gear did and didn't work, what tags I did draw, you know, maybe on the next final Friday, we'll, we'll find out there. Um, and then, yeah, hopefully I do draw one of those, but as for you, uh, one other thing I, I did forget to mention, you know, I was just kind of talking about applications and, and fall, spring, you know, we do have this spring season going on right now for turkeys, bear and shed. Um, I try to get out for Idaho turkeys myself. Um, maybe this weekend, maybe next weekend. And then bear, I know you're coming out end of May. End of May. Yeah. yeah. So I tried, I, I, I thought I kind of asked you a little bit like, Hey, if, uh, if I can come out, like, you know, hold the fort down for a little bit and then maybe sneak out for a day or two. Um, hopefully try out the new rifle or the, the new chassis rifle setup. That'd be great. But, um, you're coming out for like a Sunday to Sunday trip or, or something like that to hunt some bears with Steve. And you guys had a Epic last year. I actually just posted about this on Instagram, but yeah, you guys, uh, doubled down within a minute, two minutes on bears. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty yeah. wild. Just kind of that opening, opening, not opening day of the season, but our first day of the hunt, and uh, that evening, yeah, ended up doubling within just a couple of minutes. And I was like, well, that was a fast hunt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, it was it was a lot of work to to get out of there and everything else. And um, yeah, it was good. I should, I, that bear was like a big blonde, um, just gorgeous bear. So actually I uh, should have a rug here pretty soon from that, which I'm excited about. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited to get back in the mountains, man. Like it's just yeah. been... Um, I feel like it's been so long since I've been on a hunt and I didn't do any, like I've been hiking and stuff a bunch, but I haven't done any backpacking, you know, since really the fall. So I just have the itch just to be out again, no matter what, what it's for. Yeah. Same here. Definitely. You know, now that the weather's getting a little bit better. Um, I, I did forget to ask, or I did want to ask, I, you guys probably told me how far were your guys' shots on those um, bears? I don't recall exactly. Mine was close. I think it was 120, maybe. Oh wow. Um, it could have even been a little bit less. Um, and then Steve's was, I believe, it a little over two. I want to say like mine was one to one twenty, his was like two twenty, um, to maybe two forty, something like that. Um, so yeah, not not far shots had it, shoot we were like in the timber and they were on a open south facing slope um we were in the timber on the north facing slope and um had time they were feeding so it wasn't you know a rushed shot and i shot mine first 
um, was kneeling and shooting off the quick sticks. And then um, I think Steve, the same, he shot his off the quick sticks as well, but uh, yeah, I shot mine first. And then um, we've talked about, I think, I think we did a full podcast on this hunting story. If you guys go back from about this time last year, um, but with shooting suppressed, you know, I shot mine and the other bear that Steve ended up shooting didn't really spook. So he had the chance to get that shot on and yeah, it happened quick. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I remember hearing the story. It was, it was great. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll put that podcast in the description below. Um, <laughs> Hey, I did want to ask you one question. Um, you know, as far as guys, uh, I know you've talked about this before and I'm probably wasting your time, but really quickly, like if you were to choose, if you were in my boat, my shoes, uh, if you were to choose a bipod for your rifle, what would you choose? You know, knowing the setup I have, you know, is it, is it a mountain bipod? Is it a Spartan? You know, what would, what would your, what would your, what's your thoughts? Yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely a lot of pros and cons out there. Um, so yeah, the Spartan bipod I've used a ton. The mountain gear bipod I've used a bunch. Uh, Atlas bipods I use. They're great. Um, so numerous options out there for sure. When you say for your situation, I'll preface this by saying you are just moving to uh, the chassis, right? So you have built-in mm-hmm. Arca on the chassis. So if you went yeah. with a an Arca compatible bipod, that would keep things um, minimal in terms of what you would need to add to your chassis. So like um, basically before I was using a chassis, I was using the Spartan bipod mostly. Um, and I really loved on a traditional stock, how we could have the mount for that recessed within the stock. So there's nothing protruding from my stock or my chassis and the, the Spartan connected in a recessed manner. When I went to a chassis, I could use the Spartan, but I had to use like an M-lock Spartan mount mm-hmm. and it protruded down from the chassis. Uh, and I didn't love how much it protruded and that is one of the things that got me kind of looking at other options for hunting. Um, that's, and this has been quite a while, but that's when I discovered the mountain gear bipod, uh, and it uses Picatinny. So you do have to add a small section of Picatinny to like your chassis, which is what I've done, mm-hmm. uh, but it is much more low profile than the Spartan mount. And so I decided to try that. And then after using it, um, just really impressed with how light that mountain gear bipod is, but how much, um, adjustment it has to shoot from like really awkward positions, which ended up being incredibly beneficial on my mountain goat hunt this past fall, for example. Mm. Um, and then I love Atlas bipods and you can get like an Atlas that is an Arca mount, which needs no Picatinny, no Spartan mount. Like it's just going to work directly with your chassis. Um, but they're heavier, right? Um, gotcha. and there's, you know, there's other bipods out there that are, um, Arca compatible. All of that said to say, if I were to tell you to pick one right now, and it was again, knowing you're shooting this chassis and things like that, or keeping weight down, but still having a super functional, uh, bipod, I would, I really like the mountain gear. So that's okay. what I would recommend. That's what I will continue to carry on in particular backpack hunts when I'm weight conscious is use the, uh, the mountain gear bipod. Gotcha. And I'm assuming, I, I think I know the answer to this question, but have you done a couple, like, I know you did a podcast with, uh, one of the guys from mountain gear, 
you have like a write-up on this too on our on our blog about like comparing uh, I know you did like one comparing MDT and XLR, but do you have one comparing bipods or I don't talk? No. Yeah. It's definitely okay. something I've, I've thought about doing with the options that I've tested, which is a, a handful. And then again, there's some other good options out there I haven't tested. So I have thought about trying to, um, you know, get other bipods, get experience with them and then do like a bigger comparison and roundup. Um, okay. So I haven't done that yet. Same with tripods. I've, and I've, teased and mentioned this and said it was coming. <laughs> um, I've used a ton of different tripods too. So to me, it's much with, with bipods and tripods, both it's hard when someone says, Hey, what's the best one? Because it's like, okay, best for what, um, right. what are you looking for? What are you attaching it to? Um, what style of hunting are you doing? Things like that. So Steve and I've talked like, for example, about bipods are great, but we've you know, myself have shot very few animals off of a bipod because most of the time I'm just not hunting in country where um, I'm able to get prone or, you know, even like my mountain goat, I did, that would is one where I use the bipod, but it was definitely not a very non-traditional shooting position. And um, yeah, so it, you know, and then, but I will go use bipods a ton when I'm at the range or shooting steel or what have you. So it's just, yeah. It's like the best bipod for what? <laughs> and then we can talk pros and cons from there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, definitely. Uh, I think I'll take your advice and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll pick that one up. And I do have a couple of people who, um, who actually have like the same, you know, I, I, when I posted, I posted on my XLR on my Instagram story and quite a few people uh, replied back and wanted me to let them know how it worked and everything. Um, I'll, I'll definitely pick up that mountain gear bipod and maybe on the next podcast, I'll, I'll report back and let everybody know how it works. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. Well, I think that'll be it for today's final Friday. Um, one thing. Yeah. So looking forward to the next episode, I think what I want to do is maybe have both of you guys on, if not just Steve and probably just, uh, start with, uh, him being my first guest as I'm asking questions and kind of picking his brain on, success and tactics and, and all that and training. Um, definitely looking forward to that and then, yeah, move on from there and, and see who else will be my guests who else want to take some time and, and talk hunting with me. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's it. Mark, do you have anything else to add? No, man. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to tuning in with your future episodes as, uh, as a listener and yeah. hearing those conversations are going to have us guys. <laughs> I appreciate you listening and I appreciate you uh, taking the time today and joining and chatting with me. Um, I'm going to do my little spiel here. If, uh, correct me on any errors, but if anybody has any questions, um, you know, about the podcast or any feedback, things like that, uh, shoot it to some podcast at exomountaingear.com. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, speak pipe. I also, I, I do, or Mark sends those over to me as well. So speak pipe podcast at exomountaingear.com, shoot us a DM, and uh, yeah, again, we really appreciate you listening and uh, we'll listen. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next time.